right, it is Blair and Barker for a Friday. Reminder that Kevin and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk Sunday. Our regular service has been resumed after the All-Star break. We mentioned the summer of Soto continues. Something that I neglected to mention at the start of the show, and I've, I'm, I feel like slapping myself in the face. Can I do it? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we talk about trades at this time, we must remember the V word. Oh, don't say it. Got to think about whether or not a player is vaccinated. Juan Soto has said that he is vaccinated. Uh, he originally wasn't vaccinated. But according to a story Bob Nightingale did last year, it was it June 2021, where he said, sorry, November 10th, ooh, November 10th, 2021, that he uh, uh, has, has decided to get vaccinated. So we know that. We don't know, and this is where it gets really intriguing, uh, because Patrick Corbin, again, <laughs> we've got to keep this in mind, if you look at some of Patrick Corbin's Instagram posts, he does not strike you as the type of guy who was first in line to get a vaccine. That's mm. all I'm saying. So if you look at that now, that raises a question. If you're the Jays and you got a guy who isn't vaccinated, like how does that impact the contract? Do you... Could you trade him and put him on the suspended list? I, I don't know. I mean, he clearly he couldn't pitch. Even if he was, even if he wanted him to pitch, he couldn't pitch in Canada if he isn't vaccinated. So I'm just throwing that out there because we're, it is trade deadline, and and this is this is something this is a factor that we haven't had to deal with before. Let's bring in uh, John John Paul Morosi, uh, the MLB Network. John, thanks for joining us. I just felt I've you know we spent the last hour talking about possibility of Juan Soto and the Blue Jays and what they may have to give up and et cetera, et cetera. We do have to keep that in mind, though, that there is this issue of vaccination status, which hovers over every every decision the Jays make. You're exactly right. And obviously, if, if a player is traded to Toronto and does not have no trade protection, let's say, uh, if the player is not vaccinated, they have a pretty significant question to answer them to answer for themselves which is do you get vaccinated therefore you can join the payroll and and continue to earn a living or not yeah that's obviously up to the player i got 25 uh, million to, reasons this year i should do that if i'm patrick <laughs> corbin by the way yeah well there that's uh that's a decision for him yeah uh, of course and, and i and i do think that that's that's up to each individual player, obviously, but but and and who knows? They're, we're having the same conversation, uh, whether it's in in the, in the hockey world. Mm-hmm. Could Tyler Bertuzzi be traded to a Canadian team? We don't we don't know. So there are two variables there. Number one is what is the player's choice, and number two is what is the federal law going to be uh, with respect to Canadian entry at any given time? And we don't. That's a variable that you probably have a better familiarity than I do, but. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be in six months, and so I think there's there are a lot of different uh, elements to consider, Jeff. This is something that we never had to think about at the at the trade deadline in a in a previous year, but we certainly do now, and we saw it occur with Andrew Benintendi, where he was talked about prominently as a as a potential Yankee trade candidate. Then the Royals make their trip, 
he does not. And that obviously is part of your value decision if the player is not available to you. If you're potentially going to face the Blue Jays in the playoffs, how does that go? Yeah. Do you just do you not take a player on your playoff roster? There's there's so many questions that we've never had to think about before, but. Again, that's the reality of the times in which we live. JP, do you think if Ross and Mike Rizzo are having a conversation and Mike says, okay, we'll start this conversation if the first name is Bo Bichette and dot, 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 dot. Do you think that would ever happen? And do you think that would be enough for that deal to get done? I think having Bo as part of the deal is, is if you're going to go down the road, of a Juan Soto trade, I do think mentioning Bo Bichette is totally within bounds, and I would say somewhat plausible uh, to have that conversation. Obviously, he has less service time than Soto, but not that much. And so, if if the Jays are willing to put Bo in the deal, I would say that it's that it has to be considered. And I would, if if I'm Ross Atkins, and and the phone call comes from Mike Rizzo, and they say, okay, Bichette has to be in the deal. I would keep talking. I would mm-hmm. keep listening and keep considering ways to make it work. Listen, I, I'll say this about Bo. He, you look at his overall value right now. Uh, again, with the buffer placement doesn't tell you everything, but he has been a better-than-average shortstop in the major leagues this year, but not by much. Right. Okay? That's, that's the reality. And, and when you look at this year's free agent class, could you trade for, could you trade Bichette for Soto? And if you don't feel like you could sign Soto long-term, okay. But then do you go out and if Bogarts opts out or if Correa opts out, how do you like your team? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, again, you'd, you'd have to get, you'd have to spend a ton of money to do it, but take whatever money you were thinking about spending on, let's say, a Marcus Semyon a year ago, and could you dedicate that to a different shortstop this winter if you trade Bo as a way to get Juan Soto? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I mean, we're starting to talk about some pretty huge dollars, but this is this is where the Jays are. I mean, I mean, I would submit. You look at this team today, and say our window is now, which honestly is true. You cannot assume that you're going to be able to sign Bo or Vlad long term. Mm-hmm. If you start thinking about this, is you're not trying to win the World Series in 2025. You got a chance to win it right now. So I, I see no reason why you should be scared away into into not doing something because you're worried about what the long term cost is going to be. This is your window. You're not the Baltimore Orioles. You're not you're not just opening your window and thinking about potentially having a competitive window for the next five or six years. Your window is this year, and you missed the playoffs last year by one game. This is not a time to start working around the margins and thinking about how things can look in 2025. Make a deal to win the World Series right now. John, you had an interesting uh, conversation on uh, on MLB Central just a, a couple of minutes ago. We were talking about Shohei Otani and, and, and the Blue Jays. And, and you know, my... My first question is, are, I don't understand. Well, I do understand because it's the Angels, and, and they are capable of screwing things up. But to, I just look at Shohei Otani, and I, I find it hard that if you have him 
in your hands. I, I To me, it's almost more outrageous that you would let him go than you'd let Juan Soto go. Because I just, I look at at Shohei Otani and what he brings to your team and, and what he can mean in your market. The Angels, well, do you think both of those guys move at the trade deadline? Is that is that a real possibility that we could see both a Shohei Otani and a Juan Soto moved at the trade deadline? Because that's just mind-blowing, man. It is, but I think the reality of the game is if you have a premium player and you are not able to sign that player long-term and you are not competing for a, for a championship by the time the player's in his penultimate year, which is the case of Shohei, or in Soto's case, it's apparent that the Nationals are not going to be better than the Mets or the Braves or the Phillies next year. It's the responsible thing as an executive to listen. Now, I'll say this about the Angels. You've not made the playoffs since 2014. You've got Trout. You are paying Rendon a bunch of money, and he's not playing right now. Um, it's it's not working. Okay, they had a, a brilliant start to the year, and then it it went down as quickly as I have ever seen a team disintegrate from having a fast start. I mean, that was historic. What happened to them? And obviously, Joe Madden loses his job. I I, I think that I'll say this. This like the, the Otani trade possibility has been out there in the ether, talked about for the last couple weeks in varying ways. And if if Artie Moreno or Perry Manazian wanted to step out to the forefront and make a statement, put a name to it, and say we are not trading him. Period. Full stop. The end. They could have done that by now, and they have not done that. And so. Unless and until that definitive statement is made from them on the record, we're not moving in period. Stop talking about it. That hasn't been said. That has not been said. And so I think at this time of year, I always go with, okay, what are the, what is the owner and the GM saying? And also what are they not saying? And they're not saying he's staying period. And when you consider there have just been some signals in the last couple of years that, Shohei perhaps is not totally enamored with the future and spending the rest of his career as an angel. Like he has not really said that. In fact, he sort of intimated the opposite about just not fully being ready to commit. And obviously he hasn't done it yet. And so if you, if you haven't been able to all these different times when we talk about um, contracts and when you move the player, it's almost, it's hard to get full value for a half a season at the very end. And even the last year of someone's deal, it's hard to go into the winter. And, and honestly, let's think about it this way. If the Angels feel as though they have to make a reboot here and change the team around, the winter time and, and having a Shohei Otani-dominated winter of trade rumors is kind of a hard, that's a hard way to go through a winter. I, I think that they would, for them, it makes a lot more sense to make the move right now. It really does. And, and what I was, I raised this, this morning to Mark DeRosa, I'm not sure that we know the answer on this, mm. but what is, what is inherently more valuable? Two and a half years of Juan Soto or in a year and a half of Otani who does both, yeah. right? Who, who's a pitcher and a hitter. And I, I think it honestly, it's pretty darn close. The, the offer that I mentioned that the Jays should put out there for Otani. And again, that was my suggestion. Mm-hmm. That was not Ross Atkins telling me that I want to make clear about that. 
But I, I, I said Max Castillo and then the top three prospects, Moreno, Martinez, Tiedemann, because we're talking about a player who is truly unique in the history of the game. I would say this same offer is what you probably have to put forward to get Juan Soto. I think it's basically the same thing. And, and by the way, you know, the one thing about Soto that I would say is perhaps a little different is they basically, the Nationals basically got their version of Moreno a year ago with Kiba Ruiz in the right. deal with the Dodgers for Turner and Max. So their need, their need, if you've got a catcher that you believe can play and is an all-star, I would never tell a GM to not make that move. But they've already got someone who does what Moreno can do. And, and so that might change. And maybe that maybe you put in Guriel as part of that deal. I think that makes some sense. So maybe it's Castillo, Guriel, Martinez, Tiedemann, which from where I sit, I think it's pretty fair for Soto. I really do. JP, where do you think Mike Rizzo plays into this? You know, some unknowns there with the new ownership coming in. Uh, Jeff made up the, the point about Alex Anthopoulos and he was leaving and having new bosses. And you know, I don't want to say sort of uh, who cares about, you know, how they have to build it back up. I'm leaving. Uh, you know, he sort of knew that, I guess, going out. But last... Rizzo has a contract. Sure, extension. but, I, you know, there's some unknowns there, right? It's it's you, 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 yeah. Would this be a easier move for him? And, you know, you hear some rumblings at the two sides. I, kn I know he has the... That, that Soto has the super agent and it's going to be a little easier to re to, to harder to re-sign him. Is there any play with that or is that just overthinking it and they're going to do what they have to do, what's best for the organization? Yeah, Kevin, a couple of things. Number one, Mike Rizzo is, is a very direct person uh, and he's got, he has a certain swagger about him mm -hmm. to where he is, he, he's not going to worry about his job. I don't think. And, and he's, his reputation around the game, I and mean, obviously he had a long time as the Diamondbacks scouting director. He's won a championship with the Nationals. He's, you know, he's he's made his name in baseball already. I don't think that he is. Actually, I'll say this: if I'm a Blue Jays fan and I'm hoping that that the GM of the Nationals is is not afraid to make this trade, you've got the right guy running the Nationals because Mike Rizzo is not someone who's going to be afraid of, of public perception or anything else. I think he knows – people in the game know what he's all about to the point that he will make the best deal he can for the Nationals. And I don't think anybody's going to say, well, Mike was trying to make this move to keep his job. I don't, think that, I don't think that's part of his calculus. And I think Mike knows that if there is an ownership change, if they let him go at some point, that, that honestly, if he makes this trade and, and, and sells at the right time on Soto – It'll help him get his next job because he'll be able to say, listen, I made this unpopular move because it was the best thing for the organization, and look at what a good deal I made for the Nationals so I can make deals like this, and I can make deals that are on the buying side to make this a world championship organization. I mean, that's, that to me is a full resume. So I, I would, if I'm Mike Rizzo, I make the best deal that I can. And to the second part of your question, Kevin, about Boris, it, it seems to me – that, that in a certain way, it is liberating to a team like the Blue Jays in that if Soto's going to turn down 440 from the only team he's ever known, like, he's not going to say yes to anything unless it starts with a five, mm -hmm. which is just I don't see happening as an extension. I mean, once, once you've said no to half a billion dollars, 
I mean, what are you going to say yes to, right? So, so from that standpoint, it, it almost – like if I'm Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro, let's say that on August 2nd they trade for Juan Soto. And, and the press conference, they say, how important is it to, to sign him long term? The, the answer, which they're not going to actually be able to say publicly, which is going to be, we don't really have a chance to do that because the dude's already turned down half a million dollars. So we made this trade for the next two and a half years. We made this trade because we think the Blue Jays can win a World Series in 22 and or 23 and or 24. That's it. Do not, this to me is a deal for the next two and a half years, period, full stop. The end of 2024 is so long from now that it's almost – it's almost something you shouldn't even worry about. This is, this is a deal for the next two and a half years. And I think that whether it's the Giants or the Blue Jays or anybody else that gets them, I think it almost lets the GM and the owner off the hook. Because how could you even expect, how could any fan plausibly expect someone who just turned down half a billion dollars to sign long-term with his new team in the next two months? This uh, is not going to happen. Mm, don't, don't even worry about it. You don't know Toronto fans. I'm just kidding, but you're no. Don't worry about it. Worry about Mitch Marner or Matthews. Oh God, stop swearing! Stop swearing! It's a baseball show. Look what you did! (laughs) Now look what you did! How dare you! My God! Now you brought you brought hockey, and you just kind of you sucked the air out of the room. Uh, You were on a roll too. Uh, Morosi, thanks for doing this, man. As always, you're the best, man. Thanks for this. More conversations to come. This is not our last conversation about Soto or or Otani. I don't think it will be. Thanks, man. Be well. Awesome. Sean Palmer. We'll see what that see the get, get the hockey hockey you had to, you had to throw it in there. You had to throw it in there. The best thing about doing the show is I never have to talk about hockey and then Morosi comes in. And... <laughs> Anyhow. He knows what's going on. He does indeed. The, the GM part of it is interesting, though. Yeah, I, I get where Rizzo's at in his career. It's an interesting thing. Trading Soto is it's it sounds like an easy thing if you're a rebuilding team. With new ownership coming in, but man, it's one soda. Like there's, and on the flip side of it, if you're Ross Atkins, uh, we are going to be joined, by the way, by Shai Davidi at eleven thirty. Planes landed safely. <clears throat> I'm not going to ask him if he. I hope he checked on. I hope he checked his luggage on board, like brought it on board and didn't check. Carry-ons. Carry-ons. Thank you. I know I get it. Don't let, him, don't let it beat you. <clears throat> Why not? Uh, we've got a pair of tickets to give away to see the Jays and Tigres. At the Rogers Center on July 30th, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether on the radio or on the podcast. Last Friday, we asked you, God, we've been off for a long time. Last Friday, we asked you, the former Blue Jays pitcher won two games for Detroit the last time the Tigers won the World Series. Shame on you if you didn't get Jack Morris. Today's question is even easier. Which AL MVP winning catcher? Like, Just stop there. <laughs> Just stop there. Yeah, they know the answer already. Which AL MVP winning catcher from Puerto Rico did the Tigers sign in February 2024? Uh, Again, which AL MVP winning catcher from Puerto Rico did the Tigers sign in February 2004? If you have the answer to that question, (laughs) you could be going to see the Jays and Tigers. Who doesn't want free stuff? July 30th at the Rogers Center. For contest details, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, rules and regulations, legal disclaimer, all that good stuff, go to sportsnet.ca slash 590. I mean, if you're going to make it easy, I'm going to make it easy. That This is a perfect question for me to do the whole give me a wrong answer but make it creative question. Sounds this like a lot of work for you. 
Well, of course. Everything, so, well, everything's you, you designed. You complain about extra work, and that's extra work. Everything's designed to, 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 to make, me do, make me do more work. But yeah, we haven't even talked about the All-Star game. I mean, what's there to talk about? Well, I, I, a couple of things. The Home Run Derby... I was not interested in for, it for me. Year. For me, the only issue that I have with the home run derby, it's too long. It is too long. It is that that that's the only thing. Like the the extra minute, the extra thirty seconds for whatever reason, that and then was the extra thirty. Fast. I just don't. I don't. It was so fast. And you can tell Albert Pujols wanted one round. He yeah. didn't. He didn't, he didn't right. want any more rounds. You can yeah. tell he just wanted to come out and have his curtain call and leave. Albert's as old. Albert's as old as me. He doesn't want to be out there all that <laughs> you know, time, you're, right? You're, you're getting people rubbed shoulders and, yeah, and yeah. forearms and. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got uh, too I, long. I will and, and, say and this: the actual game, the mic'd up thing was cool. Yeah, the uniforms are atrocious. Uh, the uniforms—that's the thing. only thing. They're—they're they're not even good. They're atrocious, and you understand why they're doing it because Nike's throwing baseball a bunch of money. You get it why baseball would do it. But I, I, it yeah. would have been fun to have the Blue Jays unis out there. Listen, I think that, what that happens. Fun. I have always thought. I think what happens is Nike has. There is some place in Oregon where. They throw all their the, the lousy uniforms, the stuff that didn't work out. You know, the, like you go, it's when you go into, I'm not going to say the name of the store, but you know, you go into a store and you've got the, you know, you, you go to get the polo shirt and the ponies on backwards or something like that, or the dudes lying on the ground. You know, the stuff where they've made a mistake, the stuff where the clothes where they've made a mistake, right? Or the, the color is just, you know, a color that you get when you like, uh, when you throw a whole box of paints against the wall and they all run together, right? Yeah. And I think there's a place in Oregon, and and listen, I love sports fans. So the reason I do this, but a lot of you are a lot of you are gullible. You'll buy anything, and I think there's a place in Oregon where these guys have all their retreads and all the stuff that didn't work out, and and uh, you know they you know what we can do? Let's sell this as MLB's new All Star Game jersey. Oh yeah, they'll buy it. They'll buy it because they'll buy anything. So I think that's what it is. They were atrocious. They were atrocious. The game itself, I love having the catcher and pitcher mic'd up. Now, I, I wonder, but, but, but I wonder it, how the hitter felt when he was seeing lips move. We well, go, you do care. Uh, you do care. There's hitters on that field too. Like, but I did. I like that too. I, I like the the interaction between Manoa having the conversation of trying to set a big league hitter up. And I thought hitters it was that are really good. Like, like I've thrown him two sinkers in a row. I know what Kirky's thinking. He won't slide her down the way, but I want to go four seamer up. Do you think he's on the same page? And he wasn't. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Which is kind of funny to me, that interaction back and forth. But that tells you what he's thinking. Yeah, and I got I How got to get guys out. I got, cool. a, that was cool. I, got, I got a kick out of the, the conversation with Smoltz, too. You have to have the right people for this to work. Like I am not everybody says miking up players is great. Let me tell you something. You spend enough time in clubhouses. You know when guys are starting to BS. You know when guys are playing up to the mic. I'm not going to say that. There are guys who get mic'd up, and I'm going, dude, you are so full of BS. I'm just getting my hip waders. You're a guy. You're the nastiest. You're just not a nice so dude. You're saying and now you're, you're all friendly with the guys at first so base because you're mic'd up. And everybody, and you can you can tell. There are guys, guys at first base going, dude, you didn't talk to me. I've been in the league for 10 years. This is the first time you've talked to me. It's because you're wearing a freaking microphone. So you're happy that Aaron Judge's mic didn't work. Yeah. So yeah. Carlos Stan was, yeah, he was okay. Some guys. He Aaron, was Aaron okay Judge is Aaron Judge used is just to come boring. to the games and be, he is boring. Yeah, Aaron Judge like, is, is boring. Nestor Cortez, I like. 
You got to have the yeah. right guy to do it. You got to have the right guy to do it. Nestor Cortez you gotta and Manoa questions. were great. You got to get him involved. Yeah. You know, it's still a con concentration of you got to ask it quick enough that he can answer it and then get on the yeah. mound and actually execute the pitch. So that was that part of it was kind of cool. It was shout out, by the way, best story out of the All Star game to me. Ken Rosenthal uh, wrote about it in the Athletic today. Shout out to Edwin Diaz of the Mets who basically convinced Brian Snitker, the Atlanta manager to let David Bednar take his spot in the game because he said, I've already pitched in the All-Star game. This guy is an undrafted. You know, this this is a great story. Let this guy go in the game. And yeah. basically, the, basically, the dugout convinced, or the, 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 uh, the bullpen convinced Brian Snitker to let David Bednar. I just, I, I think that was great. I think that was really well done. I think that was really well done. And you do see that with players. I had Albert Pujols went up to Snitker and said, hey, there are guys here who haven't been in the game. You do what you need to do to get them in the game. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I get in the game or not. I mean, I just thought I, but I, Edwin Diaz, because Edwin Diaz is, he's an all-star and he's a great closer, but it's not like he's been going to 30 games. I like the fact that he said, hey, I've had my, you know, I, I've been out there. Let this guy go. And I think a lot of it too is I get paid my all-star bonus whether or not I appear in the game, which I'm sure is part of it. Anyhow. I just thought it was a, ni a nice little, uh, nice it's little story. Sounds fun. Sounds like a good. I like that. That, sound, that sounded to me more like I throw 103 and I don't want to pitch today. I'd rather have that Jesus, guy. Well, man, a, it, does sound, a, it does sound a little. Sound, I know you went into that big spiel right there. And yeah, if I'm I Brian, can see your lips moving, and, uh, but I didn't hear what was coming. Out. If I'm Brian Snicker, <laughs> you're such an ass. If I'm Brian Snicker, I'm going screw that. We need you out there, Diaz. Try to throw 105. Throw that arm out. I know who you think. Anyhow. Enough of that. Let's uh, let's take a break and uh, good try though. Yeah, it was a good try. Here I was trying to you know class it up a bit. And, uh, let's take a break and come back. Shy Davidi will join us. We we may have Barker's back leg. I may be so pissed off at Barker by the time we come back that I'll just say screw your back leg bits. Well, you're lost. Yeah, it is. That's true. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans Sportsnet 360. I don't know if it's my loss, but I know what you're saying. Or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Ailish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Keep in mind that we're not saying the Jays are going to or should trade Bo Bichette for Juan Soto. I just want to make sure that people are, we're just talk radio. <laughs> and we're just funny throwing that you ideas even have to out tell there. people that. Anyhow, it's funny. Just, I, I just, uh, well, let's bring Shai Davidi on. He's uh, Sportsnet's MLB insider, and he'll, he'll play along with the game. Mr. Davidi, I'm glad that you uh, escaped travel hell. Welcome back to, uh, <laughs> welcome back to Toronto. Um, I, you know what? We spent all this time before I talk about Juan Soto or and then Morosi threw Shohei Otani in the mix today, which just kind of got, got everything going. But before, uh, what was your take in the All Star game? You were down there, just the, the in, in general the the scene, um, the buzz. What was your take on it? I mean, it was interesting because you know the the Soto thing really overshadowed a lot of the game. It was dominating a lot of the conversation and, you know, really had everybody's tails wagging. Uh, but the game itself was, was pretty cool. I thought it was a good contest. 
you know, had a lot of L.A. buzz to it. It was it was definitely an event. And you could tell that the city was paying attention to it. Uh, and you know, the other thing, I, this is just a personal thing, but mm. like, it was super hot. Like it was mm. unbearably hot for a lot of the time there. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I didn't have to play in that, but mm. working in it was, uh, was pretty tough. So I can imagine it must've been uh, difficult on the field, but those, those, those are the few things that, that stuck out to me. And, you know, all in all, you know, I've long felt this way, but you know, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is by far the best of all the All-Star Games. Yeah. And uh, I think this is another one that just demonstrated why. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that you're in, uh, you're in Boston. You'll be there. The uh, Jays are opening uh, the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule tonight uh, against the Red Sox. All right. Juan Soto, Shohei Otani. Ain't happening. Either, neither of them's happening with the Blue Jays, is it? I mean, who knows, right? Uh, I do think that the Jays will will make efforts. I, know, I mean, I know that they've, you know, already kicked some tires with the Nationals, and you know, it would be irresponsible not to and to sure. do the same thing on, on Otani. It, it's going to be a lot, and you know, I, I kind of go back and forth on it. It's like, you know, how much of your future are you willing to mortgage? Then again, you know, how many opportunities do you have to get Juan Soto? Uh, you know, and you know, even if it is for two and a half years uh, of Juan Soto, because you know you're not comfortable going to half a billion dollars on the what it's going to take to extend him. You know that that's still you know two and a half years of a generational player. Three playoff races. Off runs, if you want to look at yeah, it that exactly. Way. But you know, I'm really interested to see where this is going to go. Right? Like I was kind of like racking my brain for something that was comparable like a deal that even is at the ballpark of this. And the best I could come up with was, you know, Cabrera from Marlins to the Tigers all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andrew Miller was the centerpiece of that deal. And, you know, I mean, that wasn't, you know, maybe the return that was expected for Cabrera at the time. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, how many teams can really accommodate Juan Soto, both in terms of prospects financially and still have enough roster in and around him? That's a great point. You know, <laughs> d- does that maybe curtail the market a little bit? You know, I, I still get this as a generational player, and the Nationals are going to have to get some value back in return. But, you know, if it's only a couple clubs instead of like six or seven, you know, what does that do to, to the market and how does that limit the price for him? So, you know, I, I just think they're, you know, to, to put a sort of simple check on this, I just don't know that we can at this point. You know, I think if, 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 you know, if you're someone like the Blue Jays and you're kind of worried about your future, you've already made a lot of subtraction deals using your prospect base, I think you play it out, you hang in with your offer for as long as you can uh, and then just see where, where it takes you. Chai, let me ask you this. What, which a big leaguer right now for the Blue Jays. Could the Blue Jays front office afford to give up and still make a serious run in the playoffs to acquire Juan Soto or Otani? I just don't see what big leaguer you could give those teams that would make sense for them, right? Like, I mean, if the Angels are going to really entertain moving Otani, then, you know, why, why are they doing that? You know, are they looking for? Are they, are they going to look for more win now players? And then, you know, if, if it is, you know, you're going to look for someone with maximal control. You know, and the Jays aren't going to give up Alec Manoa in in a deal like that. Mm-hmm. And so you start getting okay. Well, who's got a lot of control? Well, you know, 
bow and flag and have three years left. I mean, that's not really going to give them enough of a window unless, you know, they think they can extend them. So, you know, I don't know that they have kind of that piece with like, you know, four to five years of control that is surrenderable that would make sense for either of those teams. And the same with Soto. I mean, you know, depending on, I mean, the Angels may still try to be competitive without Otani, uh, but if the, you know, the Nationals, I mean, they're kicking the can way down the road. So, yeah. you know, I don't know which which of their big leaguers, uh, which of the Jays' big leaguers would make any sense for them at all, just from a, a timeline perspective. So, you know, I, I, if my guess is that if you're going, if you're looking at the Nationals, it's got to be very, very prospect heavy. Uh, and if you're the Angels, you know, it'd have to be someone who's significant uh, off your big league roster that it would just hurt your chances too much this year. Shy, uh, Scott Boris was on uh, a podcast with Joel Sherman and, um, and John Heyman, and he was asked about Michael Conforto, uh, of course, a, a left-hand hitter who um, uh, has not played this year because of shoulder uh, shoulder issues. Uh, at one point, we thought he was going to be shut down for the year. Scott Boris is now saying that you know he, he he should be able to play in the second half, and he did tell as only Boris could. He did tell Heyman and and Sherman that uh, four teams have contacted uh, him about Conforto, including a team that wasn't in the United States. Now, look, he could be talking about Hiroshima or Tokyo, but I doubt it. <laughs> Uh, now, this is a thing. Michael Conforto has always been very coy about his vaccination status. Um, we know he's had COVID. The conventional wisdom has been that he isn't vaxxed. Have you heard, because he would be a guy, if he's healthy, he would be a low-cost guy you could bring in. And he would certainly, if again, if he's healthy, he would give your lineup something you don't have. Have, have you heard the Jays in on him at all? Like, has there been any traction around Conforto? I mean, I know there was some kicking around of it in the off season. You know, I think right now, my guess is that the Jays would be asking about everyone, you know, right. just to see what the price is, how the market is going. You know, the challenge, and I don't know his vaccination status one way or the other, but for right. anybody who's unvaxxed, you know, you're looking at almost, you know, like to get in without any sort of delay you would have to be getting your second shot right about now because the Jays have oh, a, a, uh, a ten game a ten game road trip right, right out of the break that takes them to August twelfth, I believe, or eleventh, something right around there. So it gives you some runway. But if someone is going to be, you know, they've got to be, they've got to literally be starting the second shot or getting the second shot any day right now mm-hmm. to to not cost them any time coming in. So because you have to be fourteen days clear of your second shot to enter Canada. That's the timeline that the Blue Jays would be working with with any unvaccinated player. Uh, but what uh, we've seen is that, you know, there are players who under certain circumstances would take the shot. Uh, you know, sometimes it's financially, sometimes it's uh, for competitive reasons. You know, they don't have to, uh, unless, or they don't, they won't unless they have to. And if they have to, they'll do it. And yeah. so, that that gives the Blue Jays an opportunity uh, to acquire the type of player, but the timeline is becoming very very uh, rapid on that. Yeah, and that that's also a factor because Patrick Corbin, whose you know big contract is something that we're we're led to believe the Nationals would like to get rid of as part of the Juan Soto deal, which is which is another thing. If you're the Blue Jays, you've already got 
Ryu and Kikuchi's contract, you'd be acquiring a guy who's, what, 4-12. and 12. He's got an ERA of 587. He, I think statistically, he, well, he's given up more hits and more earned runs than anybody in baseball. So that would suggest he would be the worst starting pitcher in baseball right now. So the question is, do you want to, and he's got, he's got 40-odd or 50-odd million dollars left in his contract. I mean, clearly Washington would have to pick up some some of that in order to make the deal work. It just, but between the money and the vaccination status, it's just it's going to be such an odd trade deadline for for Ross Atkins, isn't it? Hundred percent. And for all the people who crow on about what an advantage it is that the Blue Jays uh, get to face teams without their unvaccinated players, well, you know, here's the the counterbalance. Not to mention the past two years and the upheaval that they faced then. It's it's absolutely uh, a complicating factor, but again, you know there are players who will change their minds under the right circumstances for competitive reasons. The thing is, the longer you get or the closer you get to August second, you know if you're not in the first or second course of of the of the shots by then, you know you're almost looking at a close to a month, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. for, for, to, if you're starting from scratch, you're not going to acquire someone on August the 2nd and then not play them for an entire month while they're getting vaccinated at home. Yeah. That, that absolutely is a complicating factor, and it's one that was complicating for them in the offseason, and as long as those border entry rules are in place, it will continue to be a complicating factor for them, just a fact of life. Shy, last one before we let you go. How do you think they use Yusei Kikuchi in the second half? Really curious about that. At a need, they're going to have to give him a little bit more runway in the starting rotation is my guess. But they're going to have to get him right enough to do that first. And It's kind of funny. Uh, I was talking to some people uh, at the All-Star game, and they were noting that there, when the Jays were in Anaheim the, earlier this year, Kikuchi was on a good run, and he looked to be sort of what they imagined he could be. And that was, what, a couple months ago, not even a month and a half ago? Mm-hmm. And here we are now in this situation, and you're like, does he even fit on this team? I mean, that guy is still in there somewhere, and it's really a matter of can, can Kikuchi get himself back there? And how did the Jays help him get back to that point? So he's had a bit of time with, with this, uh, this neck thing uh, to get a break, to get a reset. They were certainly working on several different things with him. And maybe they can get back. You know, the, the one difference, or the thing that's really stuck out to me about Kikuchi is that he, he's, there's no middle ground. He's either really good or really, really bad. And if they could just smooth it out, you know, if he could have those outings that are, you know, five innings, four runs, six innings, five runs, you know, that's fine for this team. They would take that. They would take that all day. So that's not necessarily a massive leap, but can they smooth out the edges so they can not ride the roller coaster quite the, quite the way they have with them? That's the challenge. And my guess is that he gets more run at some point simply because uh, as things stand right now, there's a need for it. Shy, really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. Thanks. Look forward to your work in Boston uh, this weekend. Should be, well, it's a, 
It's going to be an interesting series to start the second half. And I know just from doing some reading, uh, the Boston media is going to read a lot into this series. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. This yeah. is a big, it, I mean, all kidding aside, this is a big series for the Red Sox. No Chris Sale. They're going to have Uvalde, uh, Cutter Crawford, and uh, good old TBA. Uh, this is this is a uh, series of some significance, not just for the Jays, but I would argue maybe even more so for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think for both clubs, which is what makes it so interesting, right? You know, each of them's looking to have a little bit of a jump off after you know a first half that was uneven for for different reasons. Take care, Shy. Thanks, Shy. Be well, guys. Shy Davidis, our MLB insider with Sportsnet, and again, seven oh seven tonight, first pitch, Jays and Red Sox. It'll be Kevin Gossman against Nathan Uvalde tomorrow will be Alec Manoa against Cutter Crawford and then Ross Stripling uh, against TBD. Um, you know what time it is? It's 11.40. It's time for Barker's <laughs> Back Leg Bits. I remember Kevin to break in the Texas League. He killed that league. Well, that's what you remember. I, I was that good of a player. That's why I went to, had a, you know, a super long career in the big leagues. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry, last. <laughs> uh, I'm going straight to hell. Uh, Barker's back like bits that time of the show where you get to ask Kevin Barker. Morosi's back on MLB Central. Mm. It's like either it's taped or he's got he's got like, you know, phones working anyhow. Oh, he's got the Jays going after Minnie Minosa. Oh, no, it's Minnie Minosa set for induction to the Baseball Hall of Fame on Sunday. Uh, Barker's back leg bits that time of the uh, show where you get to ask Kevin Barker questions and, uh, I provide simultaneous translation. And sometimes I even correct Mr. Barker on the many, many, very rare. That's rare. Freddie wants to know why isn't Danny Jansen's batting average an issue this year? The team overstates his job as catcher. It's an easy one right out the Uh, gate. Really? Like I just watch the game. Watch when lesser catchers put the fingers down, set up early enough. You know, put the target where it's supposed to start. Like, it's not about batting average. It's about running into homer occasionally. It's about getting guys through tough parts of games when other catchers can't do it. So, you know, Dan- Danny Jansen's not going to do great things on both sides of the ball. But watch the games. Like, that. that's the big thing is you have to look at how the, the whole flow of the game, which is a giant deal. It may not be a big deal to you, the texter, but it's a big deal to the pitcher. Listen to them talk whenever they talk about catchers that don't know how to do that. Marino, when he got called up, he didn't know how to do it. It's not his fault, but he didn't know how to do it. It's just, it's he brings a different thing other than what his average is. And by the way, it's 2022. When did all of a sudden people care about averages? It's like RBIs. Whoa, whoa, big fella. That's the old Barker third Mm. rail right there, the RBIs. Mm. Matthew McAnanama, who's related to Roseanne, Roseanne Adana, says, hi, Jeff and Kevin. I hope you all enjoyed your break regarding Soto, reading a lot of articles about what it would take to get Soto. I wonder what your feeling is about the opportunity cost of acquiring Soto. How would the Jays address the real issue pitching if they already traded all their major assets to get Soto for the next few years with the only real options to add quality pitching be via free agency and off seasons? This is, Matthew, the reason I wanted to read this this question to Kevin, this is kind of, this sums up the entire, the entire discussion about, about Juan Soto, about, how you take how you make yourself better without ensuring that you don't weaken yourself in another in another area that, and and again that's why I get to this 
if Juan Soto, now this is a bad way to put it because he's, he's a generational player, but we spend all year talking about pitching, 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 pitching. Jay's got to get pitching, mm-hmm. swinging my stuff, swinging my stuff, pitching, oh, starters, pitching, starters. Now all of a sudden it's Juan Soto, Juan Soto. I, I, I think. Because he wasn't available. He wasn't available, but I think, I think the focus still ought to be on pitching because, again, I get back to this. If you bring Juan Soto onto this team, you're making the lineup better. You're not addressing the pitching. And if Patrick Corbin is the cost, I mean, you've just, basically given Pete Walker another, you know, Pete, it, it was as if working with you, say, Kikuchi wasn't enough. Here's a dude who's given up more hits and more runs than anybody yeah, in awful. baseball. Fix he's him. Not, he's not good. He's not fixing him. No. Like you're putting him somewhere and you're forgetting about him. Like you're just, that's dead money. That's not, he's not coming here to all of a sudden be good and he's going to, you know, give you something down the stretch. It's not what it's about. It's about getting that left-handed bat. I mean, he's got a good spin rate. I'm behind a Springer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a spin at first guy. Maybe they love that. You know, khaki. <laughs> they like that. I look, look. It's it's. There's a reason why all these really good teams go out and try and get more pitching. You can never have enough of it. But the difference between the Blue Jays and these other teams is it's quality pitching. It, that, that's the difference. Like you know, forget about all these. Just an arm. It's about the quality arms and what that's going to cost you. And the Luis Castillos and the Frankie Montases. Now, would that cost you minor league stuff? Absolutely. But it makes your team better long term. And that, for me, is what they need. They don't need more arms. They, they don't need more depth. They need quality. How do you get that? Make it easy for John to walk out and hand the ball to somebody that's actually capable of getting outs. I'm not saying there's certain guys that can't get it, get mm-hmm. quality outs. But against really good teams when it matters the most, do you have confidence in these guys? Probably don't. So that's the thing is, is how do you get those arms? And if you have to give up a Marino to get it, you're driving him to the plane. How's that? George Bell's mustache. Uh, you, know that we can't, of his. you know that we can't go a whole show without talking about the home run jacket. But he, uh, well, he makes a point, and I'm, I, I How want. How dare you, George? No, I, I want to. You know, he said, I'm kind of tired because, and I'm saying this because other people, I've had other people reach out and tell me the same thing. I'm kind of tired of the callers calling for the breakup of the barrio. I hate to say this, but it almost it's almost starting to sound and feel racially motivated. Um, and, and the reason I wanted to, we've talked about the home run, the home run jacket, and we've talked about how there are clearly some players that aren't as comfortable with it as others. Uh, but I think that, the question kind of gets to something John Schneider has to do when he takes over the team. And, and I think John's smart enough to realize this, isn't he, Kevin? You, you can't come in with a hammer, especially when, you, when these guys know you. You can't come in with a hammer and change the way everything is done. Like, I think we're going to see some changes, but I also think you know John better than I do. My, my guess is John's first thing was, okay, I got the all-star break coming up. Let's... Kind of let everybody have a reset at the all-star break. We change the lineup, change the batting order a bit, step one. Mm. Maybe there will be some other things. But I I just don't get the sense that the I don't get the sense the home run jacket is that big a deal for anybody other than a small I think small it's very individual. If you don't want to wear the jacket, you don't wear the jacket. Yeah. I, 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 that for me is the big thing there. That that's fair points that, that were made there. I I I just again, they're grown men. If a grown man don't want to wear a jacket, you know all you have to do is say, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, you wear the jacket. I'm good. I don't want to wear the jacket. How hard is that? Like, we've seen Bo not want to wear the jacket. He didn't wear the jacket. I don't, that's for me is, a, it's, I shouldn't have to have another grown man walk up to me and tell me or tell a, a collection of a bunch of grown men to not wear a jacket. 
a very individual thing. It's what they think they have to look forward to means you're hitting a lot of homers. I want to see Vladdy wearing that jacket every game, every single game, because that means he's hitting homers. So just don't overthink it. It is what it is, and it, they're individuals. They don't want to wear the jacket. They won't wear the jacket. Seven-game series, Astros, Yankees. Who wins right now? Oh, that's today. easy. That's a slam dunk. Yeah, Astros, you want me to? Oh, Astros it's not even close. Not even close. Oh, they got their number. They might and win you it. can tell. It might be a four-game sweep. That's strong. Gary Cole's pretty good. That's it for Blair and Barker. Uh, we'll be doing Blue Jays Talk Sunday. Back with our usual show Monday next week and for the rest of the baseball season. Enjoy the summer of Soto, everybody. Been Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Fan 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast.